Don't shoot the deputies. Hello and welcome to Don't Shoot the Deputies, a podcast run by two deputy heads living on opposite sides of the country. Hello, Steve. Hello, Russell. And a warm welcome to everyone listening. Now, Russell, we're returning tonight to a subject we both love, mathematics, and we're joined by a bit of a legend, or should I say a hero in this field? That's right, Steve. He's the man behind the wonderful Times Table Rockstars and the brilliant Numbots. It's Bruno Reddy. Welcome to the podcast, Bruno. Thank you, Russell. Thank you, Steve. I mean, if, if there's a hero on this podcast, it's you too. So <laughs> I'm just an imposter. Uh, I, I will be learning from you guys, as I always am. Awesome. Bruno, it is incredibly exciting for us to speak to you in person. As you will know, we're massive fans of TT Rockstars and Numbots and if we start rewinding time now and find out a little bit about you, where your love for maths comes from, and can you also tell us a little bit about how TT Rockstars was born, including the Rockstar concept? Yeah, sure. In terms of where my love for maths was born, I probably didn't realise that I loved maths until I was about 16. Mm. I think up until that point, I had probably been in a maths environment where I didn't feel like I was had any strengths in the subject. And I think that tells you something about, or is going to tell you something about how I approach teaching of maths and how I try to make my students feel in maths as much as anything. So yeah, I probably was late to the maths party, if you like. And then when it came to figuring out teaching, well, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I, know, I just know how much I love working with young people and learning from them, learning with them, teaching them, teaching with them. And it was then just a case of, well, where would I be best placed? All credit to you guys working in primary schools, but I figured I'd be better placed in a secondary. I did a, a degree in psychology and then a master's actually in, in occupational psychology. So I really had to scratch my head thinking, okay, look, I'm not going to teach psychology full time. And really maths was by far the obvious fit. It's the way my head works. I like to do things in spreadsheets and databases. <laughs> That's how I organize my mind and my life. And so teaching maths was just it was just like this the meeting of teaching and teaching something that i love uh together it's like brilliant mm. this is going to be a crack so i got onto the teach first scheme got into teaching immediately fell in love with the mission of making a difference and if anything that just cemented my love of teaching maths even further because i knew there was such a difference to be made in the teaching of maths this is going back to 2004 now so nearly 20 years but i knew at that point that something needed to be done about pupils level of enjoyment I'd heard too often even at the age of 24 this notion of I was never any good at maths mm. uh, and I kind of felt appalled by that because I thought it doesn't need to be that way like everyone can love maths everyone can feel that they're good at it mm. there's something wrong if that's like the prevailing attitude and so I, I was kind of wedded to the double mission of making a difference where it's needed from an educational disadvantage point of view but also making a difference where it's needed in maths education. And um, I've never kind of really stopped thinking and trying to find ways to make that a reality. So that's, that's you know, I'm still on that journey. That is a lifelong ambition. That's not going to be solved quickly, but it's something that I hope Rockstars and Numbots contribute to. Mm. How did Rockstars start? Well, it was with some year seven who I was teaching. Some people will have heard this story. They didn't know the tables. It was a brand new school. It's a school that I'd helped to start in 2009, and we made a promise that they would all get to go to university. And as you know, to get to go to university, you need to have 
good grades uh, at A-level to get good grades at A-level. We need good grades at GCSE and all the rest of it. So backcasting to good grades at year seven was inevitable and they weren't on track for that. And so I scratched my head over the summer. Um, what are we going to do about it? A couple of things occurred to me. One of them was the basics of maths, that the pupils were arriving from primary schools or their primary schools, and this is no disrespect to all my primary colleagues, that they just weren't arriving with the with those basics in place. And I had all this math that sits on top of those basics that I couldn't help them access. Mm. And so I did something that wasn't really very trendy at the time, but was completely possible in a brand new school, which is to carve out lesson time to practicing the tables. And the problem occurred to me at about the same time that a lovely American colleague of mine called me a rock star for washing up the mugs when it wasn't on the rotor. <laughs> and she did it in such a kind of like East America, East North American kind of way, East Coast kind of way that made me feel awesome. <laughs> made me feel something like genuinely like a rock star. And so if I thought if I can take that to heart, then I'm sure the pupils will do if I call them a rock star. Yeah, so it was that fusion of I've got this problem here that children don't know the tables with being called a rock star. And then the, the, the thing that then lit the match was going home to find that someone had created a rock name generator website. I knew this idea was going to completely fall flat if every child didn't have their own rock name. <laughs> like they had to just kind of lose themselves in the rock stardom. And it all starts with a, with a name. And sure enough, someone had made a rock star name generator website. <laughs> Some people have got far too much time. Uh, anyway, I, uh, I plugged in the names of 60 children. It spat out the names of 60 made up rock stars. And, uh, and it went from there. That's very cool. And as Jimmy Snare over here, as my, yes. my name, <laughs> it's a strong name. And I feel like it gives you, you're straight into that identity. You feel like you've, yeah. you've bought into a, a, a new you that is, yeah, uh, yeah it's going to become a hero. It's awesome. Uh, definitely. And we know that you play the drums, uh, Jimmy Snare. It's, it's, yeah. it's inevitable. There's an inevitability about it. You've been it. doing your research. That's <laughs> all I can say. <laughs> into dodgy uh, metal bands from the uh, 2000s. <laughs> so look, you know, let's delve into Time Saver Rockstars and Numbots a bit more. You've helped us to understand the concept and the why. What what are they in, in practice? I know a lot of our listeners will be listening because they love it already and they know it, but just talk us back through the kind of how they work and what are the benefits that, that schools who use them experience? It started off as a practice engine with a difference. The, anything that I was looking for at the time, I felt didn't have enough of a game plan behind the practice of the tables mm. for it to be successful. They were either testing too many tables or not enough, or they weren't testing or they weren't quizzing or getting the, the pupils to think much about division or helping them bridge their understanding from multiplication to division. Mm -hmm. So it's a intelligent practice engine that is also at the same time deepening their understanding and their con the con of the conceptual underpinnings. So things like commutativity are fundamental, things like division are fundamental groups of and lots of also right in there. So we want them to leave the Rockstars program or graduate with all of them becoming a rock star, a times table rock star, which is someone who can answer a question up to 12 times 12 in under three seconds, but also to back that up. And if you said to them, okay, if I know that 12 times nine is 108, how can I use that to work out 13 times nine? Or if I know mm -hmm. 10 times eight is 80, how can I use that to do nine times eight? You know, to be able to use one factor to derive another, how can I 
upscale that how can i go bigger and say okay if i know that two times nine is 18 how can i do 20 times nine mm. or two times 90 and same with you know, decimals and things like that so it's it's trying to bring about certainly the double win of recall and understanding mm. and when numbots came along i remember you were really wanting to build that conceptual element in even better and that early number stuff how did that kind of evolve after time so rock stars because that came later didn't it yeah that's right People were writing in saying, we really love the reaction to multiplication division, thanks to Times Table Rockstars. Now we're finding that we've closed the gap with Times Tables, but we've still got year fives and sixes who are counting on their fingers and who can't do number bonds. And so that went on for a number of years. And I thought, right, okay, uh, th there's a space here for us to do something about it. It's clearly not just a one-off. We should do it. And by that stage... I knew a lot more about teaching maths basics than I had done when I first started Rockstars. And it was obvious that we needed to take on a much more teaching for mastery approach and everything we could learn from mathematics mastery, of which I was kind of a, a part in the, in the machine back in the, in the days that it started. And also all the work of the NCTM and other maths groups and the hubs. And so we wanted to bring together all of that wonderful understanding about how pupils effectively learn the basics and and apply that in numbots it was never going to be good enough to us to just make it a randomized drill machine it had to come with the conceptual understanding so it had to come therefore with representations minimally different questions thinking really carefully about what types of questions back onto the next type of questions and to the next type and what type of concepts do you need to have solid before you can build on the next layer of understanding. Mm -hmm. So like we spent ages, we, we bashed out rock stars between, well, one developer, one illustrator and myself in three months. It's taken us three years and about 10 people to do numbots. Gosh. So there's a lot more people hours who, that have gone into into numbots, and the result is wonderful. It's, it's something I'm very mm. proud of, mm. and and I think we applied a lot of what we learned from Rockstars into numbots, but we're now at the stage where we're going to apply a lot of the learning from numbots back into Rockstars. Nice. Now, Bruno, if anyone knows Russell and I, particularly our schools, we rave about both CT Rockstars and numbots, and. We're huge fans. And one thing we often get asked um, a lot about is how do we launch them effectively in school? And I actually had a conversation with a friend who's just buying into TT Rockstars last night. Didn't even know we're doing the podcast, but it was saying to me, how did you launch it in your own school? And more importantly, how can we keep the momentum going after a few months have passed? Could you tell us about any examples of schools that do this particularly well? Oh, yeah. I mean, there are schools who have done this and continue to do this way better than I ever did. Like some schools have gone all out and they do dress like a rock star days. They get in literally a red carpet. <laughs> they will literally have hired a, a limousine <laughs> to do certain things. They'll have paparazzi there, like the teachers with phones. They'll have other children who have made posters and they will have a blast in terms of assembly. So they will like staff will be playing air guitar or so, there are some teachers who are incredibly talented and they play musical instruments themselves. They're in a band, they play and you know, they play and it's awesome. And there's, there's lights and there's sound and there's clapping. So there's a massive fanfare, 
which definitely lets the children know that something exciting is happening. Mm. But that needs to be twinned with like some actual grounding in, okay, what are we doing here? We're not just uh, losing our mind. This is not senseless <laughs> fun. Uh, this is organized fun for a reason, right? So combine it with explaining in terms that they'll understand. Times tables are important. They're the stepping stone to to the rest of your math education. The way I tried to put it is that if math was a house, then the times tables are like the ground floor. So the foundations are probably going to be your counting, subitizing, adding, subtracting, number bonds. Mm. Get those strong. Then we could be moving into repeated addition times tables. That's your ground floor. But then there's all the super fun, exciting stuff that you're going to want to put into your like your penthouse area on the top floor with your observation deck and uh, <laughs> and wrap around walk-in wardrobe and all these cool things you can't build those in your math house until you've got everything else solid underneath so in this launch assembly you've made it fun you've explained the gist of tables being important and then you then separate off back into your classrooms and you let the class teacher kind of spell it out a little bit further little bit of the routines of what they're going to be getting into with rock stars at their school is it going to be to do with the worksheets at the beginning of lessons is it going to be to do with getting out a device is it going to be doing it at home or both at home and at school so give them a bit of the logistics and then get them playing ideally in one of the early lessons you get them online because then this is where they're going to want to keep that love for it going at home and when they when they log in for the first time they'll get a rock name which will which always gets them off to a quite an exciting start. I've, mm. In fact, I've been on the phone to a number of teachers, taking them through the process. And we've kind of had to put the call on hold while the teacher spends 10 minutes choosing a rock name. <laughs> <laughs> so I know, I know that it's a really precious moment that you can't go back from. So give, give that the air that it needs. And so you make a big fanfare, right? The, the launch is great. But then what I try to remind teachers is to... Take advantage of the times table Rockstar's algorithm that's behind the questions, that's behind all the different games. And instead of spending ages pouring over the, the really rich data that you get, because it's there and it's available and it's kind of, it looks really nice, the heat maps and so on and the effort data and all the rest, of it, it looks amazing. But don't lose sight of how much time you have and that actually your time giving shout outs to your class is probably more effective than you making sure you've changed the tables every third day. Mm. Like our algorithm has never been stronger at identifying the gaps that need filling for each individual child. Our system will pick up after every single minute they've played what they need to do next. Mm. So, and that, that is exactly where education technology should be applied. Mm. But what it can't do is to make the children feel that sense of love and appreciation that someone that they look up to can offer them like their teacher can say to them hey i noticed that you've been playing a few minutes uh this week on rockstars i noticed that you've earned five thousand coins tell the class how you've done it because that's pretty awesome you've got to i guess also be mindful that they're not just doing it for you that you want to kind of imbue them with a sense of autonomy and them doing it for themselves and get them to like get behind the intrinsic motivation in rock stars mm. um, so kind of celebrate that and say look i noticed that or so and so told me that she was playing on rock stars because she wants to move up the auto training levels or she wanted to get a better rock star status isn't that cool she's just mm. doing it to make herself better let's give her two claps or whatever like 
yeah something like that so you're just kind of celebrating their wins their positivity you're keeping the name of rock stars alive and it doesn't have to be a huge thing it can just be one or two children each day and then it, it, like people are listening oh i want a shout out like that you can go bigger you can hand out merits or commendations you can hand out certificates you can do weekly assemblies you can do battle of the bands save yourself enough energy though to do those things use the time effectively not pouring over and thinking right okay so this child they're good at two times five but not good at three times four and like what does all this data mean you can get overwhelmed in it it'll come out in the wash if you just let them play give them access to it and our algorithm will do the rest i think that's great advice steve do you remember when we interviewed daisy christadulia about her book teachers versus tech and it's a great book bruno i don't know if you've read it but it's it's basically i think we're mentioned in it to be fair oh yeah there you go <laughs> uh, that would make a lot of sense to the point i was about yeah. to make, which is that, um yeah she talks about doesn't she the limitations and the advantages of tech in education and how actually mm. Uh, one of the big problems with how people have tried to use tech is to outsource long-term memory, but you're not doing that with Timetable Rockstars. You're doing that to empower children's long-term memory. Um, and then you're recognizing there in your reflection that actually there's still this really important human side that goes alongside yeah. it. And I think that's, yep. I think that's key. And um, just, just reflecting on, on Steve's question in, in my school, all the things you've talked about are, are bang on. Yes, there was a big, fancy, exciting launch and that I do think you need to go for it initially and get that buzz. But actually what's kept it going is the, all of those little things you've talked about. Now we do do a, a weekly assembly and have that kind of competition each week in the assembly that keeps a kind of momentum, gives me an opportunity every week to keep putting out there this importance. But as you've said, it's encouraging that intrinsic value of it. And I will be saying at the end of that assembly, why is it again so important that we learn our tables? And I'll yeah. quite often say, year six, you've been simplifying fractions this week, haven't you? Has that come in handy knowing your tables this week? And they'll be like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. And you've raised an important point there. Like so far, what I've said has maybe come across uh, squarely to classroom teachers, but uh, classroom teachers, let me say to you this, don't be afraid to go to, um, your SLT and your head mm. teachers and nudge them from time to time because it needs to be a bottom up and a top down thing definitely and you as a wonderful pair of dynamic deputies will mm. no doubt be well I hope you're aware just of the power that you have to drop into a classroom and to light up a child's face with a kind comment it's crazy that could be in the in the corridor mm. in the playground at lunchtime and same goes for head teachers. You only need to look at what Chris Dyson's doing mm. by leading from the front at Parklands Primary and the way he's raving about times tables mm. for everybody to feel like it's a big deal. Yeah. Now, you, you don't need to go as far as Chris does, but you know, wouldn't that be wonderful if, if you did? That's just because I don't want to put head teachers who might be listening to this thinking, ah, <laughs> but find snapshot moments just like while children are sat down having lunch or in the playground what have you been up to on rock stars this week or what's your rock name or mm. who have you noticed doing well on rock stars this week you think i should go and give a shout out to because then that's an opportunity for them to find a friend to, yeah. for the teacher to say well done to you're right as leaders the power's crazy to make a child feel amazing about themselves and i i remember really missing during the lockdown and we were all isolated in our bubbles and even when we first returned just those walks in the corridors because yeah. what happens to me in normal times <laughs> is I walk down a corridor and children, you talk about Chris Dice and how, you know, he will walk the corridors and ask kids times table questions. They do that to me. It's the person who's seven eights. And I'll be like, oh, I'm <laughs> yeah. um, and it's, it's great because, and they do that out in the playground in front of their parents in the morning and stuff. So yeah. 
once you're there, it's mm-hmm. it's beautiful and it's quite easy to maintain. Yeah. Now that takes me nicely onto the next question, which is: Look, I bet it's been pretty overwhelming. You know, you told us the story of just starting this for you year sevens to to get yeah. those motivated, but you must have had some amazing kind of memories over the last few years since it was launched. What would be some of the highlights of the effect of Time Table Rock Stars and and Numbots on children? Oh, I mean, you're absolutely right, and thank you very much. I I do find it very humbling and and mind blowing because my self-identity is still very much as a teacher mm. uh, and so like day to day I think right my, my the scope of my impact is like is is limited to my classrooms if you like but then when other people from other classrooms are telling us about the impact that Rockstars is having I find it difficult to to kind of fully like think wow I'm part of this like this is weird mm-hmm. this is amazing this is weird and I see on Twitter on a daily basis people uh, sharing photos of the, the the battle of the bands that they're doing or a rock day that they're doing or children holding certificates and i'm just like wow this has taken on a life of its own so mm. on a day by day basis i'm blown away and humbled by those moments when other teachers have taken time out of their day to let the world know about the impact that it's making and yeah just reading emails that we we get dozens of emails a day not sort of like pouring us with praise you know but ju- but it like sometimes they do say nice things and, we, and i i tag every single one of those ones with it, like saying happy so i can go <laughs> back and look at them because they make me happy as much as uh, as much as i'm hearing that they're happy um so those those small moments but then also anecdotes when we hear of well i i sort of call them the children that we love the most you know ones who are <laughs> not heard ones who are vulnerable ones who have extra educational needs you know, those ones in, in the class, we might just be missing something of some sort. And and then a teacher writes in and says that it's made a difference to their confidence. Mm. Um, maybe not just in tables, but in maths in general. You know, they're walking around with a smile. They want to talk to you. They're, they're putting their hand up more. Like those absolutely like melt me. <laughs> mm. And so those for sure, like just hearing individual stories or parents who have written and saying it's made a real difference. And then other things or opportunities that have come by like we really had to pinch ourselves quite a lot last year in lockdown in lockdown in lockdown when bt sport got in contact with us and said uh, we want to do something together what can we do and so we made a tv show for bt sport when guinness world records contacted us saying how can we work together and we came up with a guinness world records title and we now know who the fastest child in the world is or when BBC Bite Size said, can we work together? And like, when you think, actually, these these are entities who are much, much bigger than us. Yeah, We're only 11, 11 little people, if you like. And then you've got these massively recognized brands and organizations who I have a lot of respect for are coming to us saying, we like what you do. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, those, those are for sure, those are cherished. And then we received a, the Queen's Award for enterprise and had a lovely ceremony where we received the award from a representative of her majesty the queen and um yeah that's like that's uh that's pretty cool yeah <laughs> a whole new level of pride that i hadn't felt before yeah. uh so it goes from the little things mm. to to something really big and obvious that sits on our table on our mantelpiece awesome it's got to be said then bruno as a school leader we get that sense of amazement as well. When you introduce something like TT Rockstars into a school, 
you can actually see the transformation it makes. And I know one thing I really wanted to pick up on was how TT Rockstars does transform certain children's perception of themselves as math magicians. They suddenly feel empowered. And I know that in the first year or two of using TT Rockstars, we had year six children who knew all the time stable facts within a matter of months. And they were so quick. And it was as if a rock star status was never good enough for them. They wanted to go beyond and beyond. And you picked up on the world record attempt and we had children in our school and you're right. It's like those, those quiet children who kind of go under the radar that are picking themselves up again. I can do this. I've got the faith in this. And I've got a, a child who he was in my boy was in my school and he loved it in year six and he was getting down to like 0.6 seconds an answer. He's now in year nine and he's looking back and uh, we're talking about his maths at the moment. He's going, you know what I need to do? I need to pick up TT Rockstars again and go again. Yeah. So if I get my fundamentals and my building blocks there, I've got so much more time to, to apply it to thirds and everything like that. You think, wow, look it's at the impact him. it's having. Yeah, it's brilliant to see. Um, now, you've already said you see that a lot and you will get a lot of um, mm. recognition in that regards. But how do you also think that TT Rockstars can affect children's success in the wider mass curriculum as well? Well, I mean, this is, this is one of the key things that we're trying to unlock and that we're we're trying to deliver on when i said that we're all about making sure children leave saying i was good at maths like we really mean that so it's not just a case of them leaving saying well yeah i was good at tables we want them to come away with that self-confidence and this is where my degrees in psychology really play a part uh, in terms of the the understanding that i have of self-concept self-efficacy intrinsic and extrinsic motivation and other kind of mathematical, psychological traits and characteristics and and attitudes. And so one of the ways that we try and deliver on that is to make their first experience easier than you might otherwise do. And the reason for that is because we want them to feel a bit of early success. If we give them that feeling of early success, then they they want more of that. It kind of becomes like this thing that well like for anything like if you were trying to learn a sport or an instrument you're more likely to keep it up if you feel like you you did all right in the first lesson so if we can get that in there then that can galvanize them to work hard and shield them if you like when the math does get a bit harder because they start to think well hold on i i, I did that whole time table thing and i was fine with that in the end so if i just keep applying myself the penny's going to drop it's going to be all right and that, those were the moments that made such a difference to me when I was teaching my year seven classes all those years was when they said to me, so when, when I was at primary school, I didn't used to like maths, but you've now made me think that actually I could be quite good at it. And then in parents' evenings, when their parents would say to me, oh, that they love your lessons, you made them feel good at maths, thank you so much. I'm like, wow, really? Great. <laughs> like This is this, like already my, um, this is, yeah, this is, that's what gets me excited and, and proud is making sure that those children have felt successful. There was a child that I had who had uh, microcephaly, so it's like a uh, kind of colloquially known as small head syndrome. Mm-hmm. And she was just the loveliest pupil, always bubbly, always excited. But if you if you asked her about maths, you said, oh, no, I'm no good at maths. I can't do maths. And then over the course of the year, she would plug away at the 10 times table and the two times table and the five times table while I had these rock heroes on the 13 times table but she felt just as legendary as they did 
because she felt like she was she was onto something. Mm. She was smashing it. And I know that maths is much more than times tables, but I think a lot of maths success at maths at school comes largely from that feeling that you can do it. Mm. And the things you've got, kids have got to demonstrate to themselves that they can do it. It's no good us saying, yeah, yeah, you can do it. They've got to have their own evidence that they can do it. And so that's what I'm hoping that Numbots, by getting in there even before rock stars, when they're kind of late reception, year one, we can hand over that feeling, that mm -hmm. baton, and say, yeah, you, you got this. You're going to be able to continue taking it from here. I've just passed you a baton of success, and now you, you run with it. Great. I just made that metaphor up. I have no idea if it's going to fly, but the baton of we'll success. We'll see we come back to it later. Yeah, <laughs> I might trademark it tomorrow. <laughs> awesome. So you've talked about the evolution of of this wonderful thing, and you know you were in the class using a form of Times Table Rock Stars in its very early days. Yeah. Imagine you were back in the class now with all of this wonderful stuff to your disposal, all the intelligent mm. practice built into it. How would you use it practically? And I know. That's a complicated question because that depends yep. on the age range and so on, but just a, a kind of gut reaction to that. And what teaching practices should go alongside the teaching of tables? Because as a math specialist myself, what people quite often say is I know they're meant to learn the tables and I know TT Rockstars is, is a key part of that. But actually, how do I how do I actually teach a times table? Is it just the road chanting or so on? Or are there other strategies you'd be using alongside the tech to teach children uh, about their table yeah a few questions there yeah so how would i roll it out for me the routine i i love a good classroom routine mm. and i absolutely love like starting the lesson as soon as it was time for maths within seconds their sheets were out and their pencils were poised and i could say to them right the rock clock is going to start in three two one and so in answer to your question, I would go for the Rockstar paper worksheets because I know that we could get those done and we could make sure that they were happening five times a week in a way that I would be spending more time, potentially for the same gains, maybe more gains, I don't know, maybe less, but certainly more time using devices. So I would go for paper. Um, it might not appear on the surface to be as fun, but I know that from having done it for three years back to back with year sevens, we can make it fun. We can make it successful. And and then we've got like ways and times to use the, the tech on top to really like coat it in sugar and maths icing. <laughs> um, and then your other question was to do with how would I build up the understanding alongside the recall? Yeah. I would say representations are helpful. There's only so many representations that are probably going to be useful to transmit the concepts. And my, my two favorites that you can do a lot with are arrays and bar models. Yeah. You could be doing stuff with Cuisinaire rods. You could be doing stuff with Numicons. But I think we're, we're possibly in danger of providing too many mm -hmm. options for the children. So arrays and bar models are my friends. Uh, and there's lots of rich questions that you can get from them. And... If I was going to signpost people to somewhere, it would be to log into Rockstars, go down the left-hand menu and look for the bit that says interactive tools because you can then launch these different representations. But behind each representation is a set of rich questions that you can ask, like what's the same, what's different? If I have this number uh, or this multiplication fact or this division fact, what else do I know? And there are questions there that depending on the age of your students, you could be bringing in 
aspects of the distributive property, the associative property, the commutative property, or or not, or, or other things. So have a look there about because I wrote all those questions and ideas of how you could use those interactive tools as to the kind of questions that I would ask. And then the other, my favorite video, and everybody's probably watched it by now, but if they haven't, you want to find the video in YouTube by Jill Manserg from the ATM, where she's teaching a bunch of math delegates the 17 times tables using a counting stick. Mm. Because then the penny is like, every math teacher who's watched that has gone, no way yeah like <laughs> now i know the 17 times table and it's blindingly obvious it's not it's not rocket science but she just it's just a very genius way that she does it and so i would do that i like putting up the times tables in order and then we can like read them all out together but then i will hide one or two of them and we will continue to count them with one or two of them hidden and then i will count hide three or four of them and we will continue to count and then i will hide pretty much all of them and we'll mm-hmm. and so just playing little memory tricks like that to get them to build up. Like I gave them the full list of the table, no problem. And I start to take away and take away and take away until they are having to use them, their memory. But I gave them that initial feeling of success by showing them the whole table. So it was non-threatening. Everybody could participate. And then it's just like, okay, how much more can you remember each time? It's like that game when you go around in a group and you say, I went to the supermarket and I bought something with A. And then the next person says, I went to the supermarket. I bought that thing that the last person bought with A and I bought something with B. So it's like compounding like the mental load, but starting off really easy. So I play things like that. But what I wouldn't do, I play the games. And I used to do this. And, I, and, I, and I'm sorry that I did this to the pupils, but I used to play around the world. And that's where you'd have one child standing behind another and you'd pit them against each other to see who could answer a times table question. And then the winner of that would move to stand behind the next people in along the row. And by doing that, you're just getting two people in the classroom to think about the question. Everybody else has switched off. And there's going to be a large group of pupils who are probably panicking about when it's their turn. And there are a number of pupils, and I should have done more about it at the time, who won't even bother challenging the person who stood behind them because they know they're just never going to beat them. So you're spending all that time and you think you're like, this is a fun game. Actually, it's not. And there's not enough people thinking and too many people spectating. So, you know, if I was back in the classroom, I wouldn't be playing those games. Other teachers will tell me look, they play those games successfully and it's great. And fine, carry on doing them because you'll know your children certainly better than I do. If they were my pupils, I'd be I'd be gauging very carefully whether that was the right game. But I still think that there's not enough people, pupils thinking in that kind of an activity. So choose your activities, choose your questions so that you can maximize the time. I really like, and this is a nice little shout out for actually for your resources, the, the Rockstar Road Games, um, mm-hmm. because I thought that was a genius. Well, it reminded me of Blockbuster for anybody who <laughs> grew up in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> Like you can't go wrong with a hexagonal board game, right? And having to make your way from left to right. But I thought it was also a nice uh, little application of the tables because people keep saying to us, okay, so the kids know the tables. Well, what can we do now that they know them? How can they have a bit of fun with using it? And I thought actually your Rockstar Road Games and some of your other Times Table Rockstar inspired resources are wicked. So we're going to have a little shrine to your resources on the website shortly. Awesome. But that that's, and that's also like a, a little reflection on how crazy the rockstar theme has got <laughs> like that 
that you can kind of conjure up a block a blockbuster game out of it, <laughs> but just how, how how extendable it is. Yeah. I have no idea. Absolutely. Like if you play word association with Rockstar, you come up with so many things that mm. we haven't even. We're, yeah, we're not at the bottom of the barrel yet. We can keep going. No. <laughs> Brilliant. And finally, Bruno, the stats function on TT Rockstars is amazing. Um, can you talk us through how teachers can maximise the use of this for their supporting their pupils? And I know some of our Facebook group members also asked about how you can most effectively track who is and who isn't engaging on a class level. Yeah, sure. Okay, so... If you go to stats on the left, you choose your class, you're immediately presented with the effort tab. So that's a good way to see how well they're engaging. Now, if you've got the stats bolt on, then you can press seven days, for example, at the top and see how much they've been engaging over the last seven days. And it will quantify in terms of the average number of minutes they've played each day. And you're looking for them to have played about three minutes a day would be lovely. Um, You can see the number of coins they've earned and the number of correct answers they've given. And so very quickly, you can order those by pressing on the column heading and say, right, OK, these are the ones who have played the most. These are the ones who have played the least. And you can work out for yourself anybody who's not meeting your expectation in terms of level of engagement that you think is appropriate for your class. So effort is a quick rudimentary way to do it. If you've got the sessions bolt on, you can use that to set homework. So I would be doing that. I'd probably be setting 15 garage games a week my class from say monday going home time to sunday evening and making sure during the course of the week that by following that session's data that they've been logging in and doing it and giving them a reminder on friday to anybody who hasn't done it and then monday morning i'll check in front of the class we can see who's done it who hasn't i'll give a shout out a merit commendation whatever i've got at my disposal for those who have done it and find some level of appropriate consequence probably for those who haven't obviously subject to my knowledge of what their home life is like and whether they've got the ability to log in at home, all the rest of it. Then in terms of other data to to monitor progress, well, the next tab that sits next door to effort is fluency. And that's where you can see and track back in time. Again, with the stats bolt on, you can go back in time and see how much they've progressed. But actually, if you don't have the stats bolt on and, and you're short of time anyway, you kind of want to see where they are now to identify the gaps. So as you start at the top of the fluency page, you start at the highest possible level, which is to see average recall time on each table for the whole class. And there's only so much you can do with that information. You then need to work your way down the page and you can then start to see the class's average response time to each question, which might give you an idea of like, okay, so if I'm going to do some instruction on a particular table, I can see where I need to place my time. And let's link back to one of your resources, Facts of the Week, which you can also download from our downloads page, you could be looking at the class heat map and say, right, ah, okay, three times eight. That seems to be a bit orangier or a bit redder and therefore a bit slower for the class as a whole. Let's make that our fact of the week. Bust open your fact of the week PowerPoint and let's let's look into that. Let's look at the arrays of for three times eight and eight times three. Let's look at the corresponding division facts. Let's talk about that fact. Let's, you know, drop it into conversation here and there. And Then as you make your way back down the fluency page, you can then start to see each child's response, average response time to each table. And then clicking on each child, you can see the average response time to each question. That's if you've got lots of time, maybe once a half term to really drill that far down into the data. If you are using the auto training, then you can can see that on the next tab to see the progress that they're making. If you're a year four teacher 
and you know that you've got the MTC at the end of this year because you're based in England and you're in a state maintained school, then you've got the sound check results a couple mm. of tabs along from that. And so you can get them to play in the sound check and check on their latest score, their average score, their best score. And what I probably wouldn't do is to look at someone who didn't score 25 and look at their incorrect answers and make an, do an analysis based on that. Mm. I think you need to be looking at their heat maps, which are on the fluency tab. I wouldn't, so just to repeat that, I wouldn't go and look at their scores from soundcheck and look at the incorrect answers from there and then take action based on that. Because I think the six second time limit is probably the kind of thing that's making them type in an incorrect answer yeah. just as much as not knowing it. it like you can't base all your assumption on them not knowing the answer to eight times three on the fact that they might not know it mm. i think as a lot of it is going to be to do with the anxiety and the time pressure yeah so for a more balanced and probably a appropriately actionable view of where each child is at go to the fluency tab the studio tab is if your children are playing in the studio and earning a rock status so i would probably say they're either going to be crazy off the chart confident year twos or year threes but more likely year fours and above yeah the studio is not a bad place for year fours and above to be playing and i think that's that's all the like the class level data that's that is useful but effort and fluency out of all of those are my twin pillars and then if you've got a head of maths type responsibility or a head of year or kind of you're looking at maths as a bigger piece then go to stats click on all at the top and then go to custom leaderboards if you've got the bolt on and you can put together assemblies and uh, certificates so like one click assemblies that will give you your top three for example coin earners over the last seven days your top three correct answer givers over the last seven days and you press one button you stroll into assembly you you've done no preparation for this whatsoever all you've got to do is log into rockstars click on the icon that you've already created and that you can continue to use week in week out and clap the children who are in third second and first and hand out certificates to them at the same time that sounds like a depth your head's dream that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> a, a ready to go assembly and, and do you know what i do my times table assembly every wednesday which i love and i'm always thinking about new things to add in there and i've never even thought Bingo. to do that so there you go that's 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 my new bit this week. Bruno, it's been awesome chatting. Do you think I could sneak in a couple of very quick questions that were on our Facebook page? Um, just to finish? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. of course. So we mentioned that we'd be speaking to you and people, understandably, teachers on the ground doing this day in, day out, jump straight to the very practical stuff. So um, bear with me a moment. So just a few things that people have asked about. So someone said, and I'll be interested in your thoughts on this. I kind of can guess what you might say, but someone said to you, think you could set it so that you can turn division off initially for key stage one children just as they learn some of the tables facts where do you sit with that quite a few people have liked that comment but you were talking about commutativity earlier so i i think really to to come out with a like a proper cemented understanding and recall of the tables division has got to be in there and division should really be learned from the start and not shied away from mm. that's why you've got to a start with the tens but b start at an appropriate time yeah I don't know. Does that answer the yeah. question? Would you like to just repeat the question? No, as a, as a math specialist, I'm with you there. I think they should be exposed to division from the start. And actually, they should come out of year one counting in tens, twos and fives. And they're, they're meant to know their tables facts yeah. for all their tens, twos and fives, including division fact by the end of year two. So I think they need to yeah. we need to not shy away from that at the start. Yeah. So I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, if I may, if I could just mm. elaborate on a few things there. Yeah. 
Oh, okay, so it, it all came about, I suppose, because of the government tests and the MTC that people are then starting earlier and earlier, if you like, to mm. to get the children. And so that's where it's coming from. I think it's coming from that sort of pressure. Okay, well, look, if we're going to get them on track, we need to start a new one. And I, I don't think you do need to start sweating the recall in year one. No. But if, if you do want to, there are a couple of things you can do to to get the best out of rock stars in year one. One is to use those interactive tools that I was talking about to, to help you teach the underpinnings of the, the conceptual stuff. And two is to use the paper side of things, the worksheets. Don't time them. Don't give them a three minute time limit that they're aware of. It doesn't need to be like a stopwatch on the board. And just ask them to do 20 questions. Like There are 60 questions on each page. They're usually arranged in three columns of 20 or four columns of 15 just get them to do one column mm. and give them a couple of minutes or a minute, but no time stress. And this is obviously after you've already mm. shown them what the, what the facts are like. Oh, and, and then the last way is if they are going to go online, they can use jamming. Oh yes. Because they could just use multiplication only. They could just do 10 questions. They could just choose the 10 times yes, table. Of course. Uh, and I said it much earlier, but it probably in response to a different question is to start with the 10 times mm. table, because that's where the relationship between multiplication and division Yes. is more yeah. intuitive to children and if you're using arrays which as you said earlier is your best representation you you can be showing that commutative relationship really sort of yeah. simply can't you this is something i've always said about division is that pupils are going to be less good at it because we we don't get them to do it as much 100 and and that starts with us we spend a lot more time in reception year one counting up yeah skip counting up and i think we need to spend an equal amount of time skip counting down Definitely. Oh, this is quite nice because it picks up on you were talking about deriving other known facts, powers of 10, decimals and so on. Are there any plans to build more of that actually into the system itself? So the exposure to decimals and so on, powers of 10? Yeah. So you teachers who set the tables on manual can actually choose 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, up to 120s, and also the 25s, which we threw in randomly. Yeah. Um, but you can set those manually. They're not part of the auto training algorithm just yet. Maybe they could be in the future. Need to think carefully about about that and about how that's perceived and messaged and understood. Mm. But it can be done manually. In terms of decimals, like weirdly, the thing that's holding us back is that when we set up the database and we're collecting everybody's answers, we set the field that stores the answers to store integers. And now that the answer table is close to a trillion answers, <laughs> It's actually quite a thing to change that field to be able to accept decimals. And it also, it would inflate the size uh, of, yeah, it's, it's boring database. You're stuff. basically saying it's going to explode if we put decimals It on will pro probably melt the internet if we introduce <laughs> decimals. No, we can find a way and it is, it is on our radar and it is something that we can, should and, and will do. Okay, cool. And one more, I'll pick up uh, the, the wonderful Nick Hart on Twitter asks about yep. a fractions, fractions model. What did you make of that? I like anything or where I see our skill set is in gamifying things that should be automated that as math teachers we just we just want the children to know off by heart and understand mm -hmm. you know like understand what you know what, what's going on so when it comes to fractions like there's a lot of working out that you do in fractions they're not just things that you know off by heart the things that you do want them to know and off by heart i think in relation to fractions are some simple fraction equivalents, but and also some fraction to decimals and fractions to percentages, yeah, and around that side of things. But I mean, Nick mentioned in response to my question, well, it would be good if they could do fractions of shapes and fractions of quantities. But for me, there's some 
there's some processing there. I think what we could do though, like thinking about it, is extend the times tables. So look at eight times a quarter or a quarter times eight as a quarter being applied to eight, not just doing eight lots of a quarter. So we could build in the multiplication angle there. Okay. Yeah. So it maybe. 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 Cool. Maybe baby. <laughs> well look look, it's a Monday evening and it's half past nine and you've very kindly given us an hour of your time and it's right. been so cool to talk to you. It's been a pleasure to get to meet you after talking so much and thank you for plugging our resources. We've got some hopefully some exciting plans around numbots and some more things we're going to make uh, for you, Bruno. So we're very excited to hear that we we might be getting a little corner of your website yes. carved out for us. But uh, thank you so much for your time and for, for giving us the backstory. That's all right. It's been a pleasure. If I can finish with one thing, then it's to give a shout out to the team that I work with who are amazing day Please. in, day out. Um, I'm chuffed to be working with them. Like Although I'm mm. person speaking on this podcast, like rock stars and numbots are nothing with, without the team. So, uh, yeah, big love to, to all the people in the team. Wonderful. Absolutely. Thank you so much. No worries. Don't shoot the deputy.